Hi everyone, my name is Walter Lim, and thank you for tuning in to the Majestic Road Podcast. Life with God is a wonderful journey that has its ups and downs. Right now, many of us could be facing a daunting downhill battle and trying to find a way to get back up. It is my hope that with this new season of the podcast, I can continue to encourage all of you, no matter the situation you're in or are currently facing. I pray that this episode will be uplifting and give you the joy and strength to stay on that journey with the Lord. Let's get going. For today's episode, I've decided to cross the border, well, virtually. My guest for today hails from Canada. She's a talented musician who loves to worship the Lord, serves as worship leader for the Alive Church in Montreal. She has been to more than 10 countries around the world, speaks three languages, and is recently married. Yay, congrats. She's Lucy Jung. Lucy, thank you for joining me today on the Majestic Road podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am excited too for... Uh, to hear about your journey um, and just what you want to share about how the Lord has used you. So let's begin. And obviously this episode for this season is a little different for me and obviously everyone around the world because, you know, we're in the current state of dealing with this worldwide pandemic known as the coronavirus, uh, which has really, you know, impacted a lot of lives. You know, there's civil unrest recently with the George Floyd incident around the world. Um, But really it's my hope and prayer for all of this really that we're covered by the Lord's grace because, you know, we need to know that he's there for us. He's healing us and he'll help us get through, you know. So, Lucy, with that being said, though, obviously it's I don't know if it's any different for you, but how are you and your family and the ones that are around you dealing with these unique times that we're facing today? Um, definitely the past week has been a bit tough, I guess, with everything that's going on in the States, um, even though it, we're in a different country. I think we're affected by it too. And I don't know, it helped me to just ask a lot of questions and self-reflect and talk about it with um, friends and families. And um, we've been praying about this as a church. And um, yeah, but in general, um, I'm happy that we get to have just more time to think about these issues, these things. And I've been just doing a lot of um, thinking and self-reflecting, um, even trying new stuff. I've been reading more books. I've been cooking more, even baking. So, yeah, that part has been good. I've been trying to make my husband gain more weight, but I feel like I failed. I'm the one like gaining more weight than him. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I've been doing. Okay. I thought maybe it'd be the other way, like telling your husband, hey slow it down let's <laughs> stay healthy <laughs> no no he has he has very high metabolism i think ah, so okay. no matter how much i feed him he would just not gain weight Ooh, he's gonna make a lot of people jealous to hear that <laughs> <laughs> me included yeah <laughs> i i'm curious to know too obviously from seeing it from your perspective um you know because you're in montreal and i don't know how the coronavirus has really impacted your town or even the country and obviously you know the u.s and canada have you know obviously in the years past good relations but i think in recent times it's kind of been difficult with um political lines kind of being drawn um but i'm kind of saying from your perspective what have you seen um how your country has handled you know the unfortunate pandemic that we're all dealing with um well i think montreal is like one of the worst in the country or um we're probably the worst. We have the oh most my. cases. And um, I think there's definitely been, you know, fear and worry. And also just specifically, there's a lot of um, immigrants here. So it's very diverse mm. and definitely a text against um, the Asian community. So that's also been something that's been um, that has affected me in the beginning. But I feel like more and more you know, not everyone is racist, not everyone is, um, you know, selfish, not everyone is fearful. There are more people who want to help out um, and care for each other. So I'm seeing that more and more, like we were trying to look for um, uh, places to donate as a church. And there was these organizations that were saying, hey, we were getting like too much donations and now like we're going into like our next year budget. So now we have to go, oh, where else to donate? So I feel like people are giving, people are being generous and helpful at this time. So that's encouraging to see. 
That's really good. And, you know, I do pray, obviously, that the mentality is that we need to really unify and come together, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of where we are in the walks of life. And, you know, I will pray for Montreal and obviously Canada and your church, because Thank I think it's you. great. I think it's good to rally together because, you know, we have to we have to rise as one and fall as one, I believe. So mm-hmm. um um, thank you for sharing that. And as I mentioned early on here, you are a talented musician. You play the piano ever since seven, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you currently worship for the Alive Church in Montreal. Was music always a part of your life or was there something else you kind of could have turned to, but or was it always music? Um, so I'm not a super talented musician. Like I can manage, I can play, but I'm a little shy to say talented (laughs) (laughs) music was always a hobby for me like I never thought of it um as a serious you know to pursue like professionally Mm. um but I always loved it I remember when I was seven I wanted to take piano lessons so my mom just took me like to this lady in the neighborhood who taught kids um at her home and and then I remember like going to church and seeing um that piano was always the instrument that like accompanied worship and like I I found that so cool so I always wanted to be like when we were role-playing when I was young and everything I always wanted to be the the keyboardist from church um so yeah it's always been part of me and I feel like you know even as I was maturing in my relationship with God um it's it really helped me deepening my my relationship and my in- intimacy with God. So yeah, that's that's how it all started and I don't know. I don't I don't think there are other things. Maybe oh, I was thinking this morning, maybe um writing. Like mm. I really started enjoying journaling these days. It's just really freeing to be like raw and and honest when you write things. I feel like when you speak, you kind of have to think before you speak, right? But mm-hmm. then when you write, I feel like the that delay is, the filter is um, less. It's not there as much. So I've been really enjoying writing and I want to be able to, I don't know, eventually write or tell stories or learn more about that. Could those writings potentially lead to a song? I'm not sure. It sounds like I it could be. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I want to write songs too eventually. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of combining that, you know, your talent with piano and putting the words to a song, I think really um, can help. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, you know, you can keep me updated. And then, you know, the next time I have you on, I'll say, oh, this is Lucy, <laughs> talented singer and songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> and you said the piano, though. Is, is the piano the only instrument you play or kind of is there, have you dabbled with others or look, maybe try other instruments? Um, I wanted to learn guitar, but it never happened. <laughs> My husband is actually, uh, he, he plays a guitar really well. Um, and he actually writes songs too. So I tried to like learn from him and then it just never worked. I would, it would always be like the same, like C, G, E minor, <laughs> and it would stop there. <laughs> but yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> Uh, this all sets up to be some kind of like husband wife duo. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not. I can't predict things, but the fact that you both are talented in in music and uh, have the ability, I wouldn't put that past you guys. So again, please let me know in the future if there's anything about that, and I'd love to hear more about that. Um, and obviously, you do lead worship, and I want to talk about worship. Um, and you started fairly young leading worship there at the church. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned you were shy, you know, obviously leading worship standing there does take a bit of bravado or take, you know, some kind of character to really be able to stand up there. Uh, so what was that transition like? You know, what, what feelings came to you when you knew that you're stepping into that worship leader role? I think I was I was afraid at first. Like I, I started as a keyboard player playing like pad and synth. So I was always in the background and um didn't really think that I'd be leading worship because I'm not a talented singer. I still don't think I have like an amazing voice. I try, but I'm not like a naturally talented singer. But um, I remember when I had my first like real encounter with God and I accepted Jesus 
as my savior way before, but I had this one like personal encounter that really changed me. And since then, I really turned to worship as like, this is my thing. Like I connect with God in in a way that I can't anywhere else when I worship. And I think I just developed a deeper passion for worship since then. And my husband, we weren't like even dating back then, but he was a worship team leader. And I guess he saw me um, really loving worship. And he started um, like, he started asking me to lead, I don't know, one song or like a part of a song. Um, I remember being like really scared, just having like a mic in front of me. That was like really terrifying. <laughs> and like, um, just having people like hear my voice, um, was terrifying. But then I remember, um, this one time where I, I was supposed to be like co-leading with my husband, um, or something. And then I had this feeling that I had to, um, I had this feeling that, maybe we were supposed to like breathe in and out as a prophetic act. And mm. it was just a thought in my head. And I was like, oh, I feel like this is God. But I didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, uh, like panicking. And then I was like, God, if this is really you, then like I want to, you know, I want a confirmation. And then I was just waiting. And I remember like my pastor coming up and she was about to do some ministry time. And then she was like, Huh. And then she turned to me and she's like, Lucy, share whatever you need to share. And I was like, <laughs> really freaking out. But then I was like, okay. And then I shared um, what God has spoken to me. And I remember that time, it really like changed my perspective on, on worship leading. Like it's not just singing, but it's really, you know, leading people into what God is doing in the room, in the moment. And yeah, ever since then, I feel like, I became, I guess, a little bit bolder and bolder. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. No, and it's encouraging because I think that's the beauty of, of worship and the beauty of just growing with the Lord because he is emboldening us every day and yeah. to really push us in a point where we, we feel uncomfortable, but yet once we kind of let go, um, we see the results of it. And I think that's exciting, you know, because... And like you said, you're the pastor that told you to speak. She felt conviction to talk to you and tell you to do that. And I think that really is, you know, spirit driven. And I think I, I'm thankful that she was able to tell you to do that. And you stepped out and did it. And, you know, as we, as, as it is, you grow and you learn and you're always, we're always growing. We're always learning. And I, you know, for anyone wanting to learn worship or even to lead worship, because obviously, you know, the availability of worship music is out there. You know, we know of Hillsong and Bethel and, other major churches and groups that have, but for smaller churches and smaller teams, what have you seen are like the challenges for a worship team in maybe in, since beginning or even in recent times? Um, I think people like the team is, has been a challenge for me for the last year. I'm not saying that like, I'm having trouble with people, but I think it's just working with a team and having, um, like leading a team has been a challenge. So, um, especially during the past year, I've been realizing that worship team is not just like a bunch of musicians and singers just playing music together every week. It's like worship team needs to be people who are set apart. And I've, you know, we had a lot of people taking breaks in the, um, taking breaks or just leaving the team in the past year, either because they had to move to another city or they just, you know, for personal reasons, they like didn't want to come out to church or they didn't want to play in the worship team anymore. And that's been really challenging because I had to kind of think again about like how, um, who's supposed to be in the worship team. And then I think God's been really teaching me about, you know, worship team um, has to live a lifestyle of worship. It's not just the people who are good at instruments or, you know, they've always played at church in the worship team or, you know, 
they think they want to be part of worship team, but they're not ready for the commitment. I think maybe those were like not very um, clear to me. But then more and more I'm realizing, you know, there needs to be humility and I need people who come and just tell me, Lucy, what do you need? I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to help out in whatever way. And that they're living a life outside of church that's also like in lifestyle of worship. So um, yeah, God's been teaching me a lot. And I know before Corona happened, I it was just me and like this one other guy, me on my keys, and then the other guy on guitar, just two of us leading for like, I don't know, like weeks straight. And it was so weird because I used to have a full band last year where I had like a guitar player and drums and bass and synth and all that. And for my team to shrink like that was like such a, like, I felt so insecure. But then God's been really teaching me. It's not about that. It's not about the people or the talents. It's really about um who is available and who is ready, ready to serve at that moment. And if I'm there, if I'm available, then God's going to use me. God's going to anoint whoever is there and, you know, it's going to be fine. (laughs) It might be better than having people who are not ready in the team, even though you have all these instruments. So, Yeah, that's right. Amen. Thank you. Um, You know, that's encouraging because it's true, you know, you, you, you want to be there for the right reasons and you really want to lift up worship, you know, honorably and, you know, give God all due credit. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And I'm kind of curious too. It's like, obviously you said that before Corona, you had a full set, full team, and now it was just you and the guitar, but <laughs> how are you guys doing worship virtually? Um, so right now I'm just doing me on my keys <laughs> with one mic. Yeah, and we just um, do it over Zoom. Okay, yeah, and you share your audio and just play. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, just like us, that's right. Yeah, because you know some churches pre-tape their worship or do different ways, but no, I think that's... Uh, um, I, and that's what makes Zoom. I think that's why Pastor Sam likes Zoom too, because it, it brings more of the togetherness. Like there's some kind of feeling of that we're there and we can exactly. kind of interact in that sense, right? Okay. Yeah. And I want to talk about... Uh, your church, a live church, who I think is such an awesome name. And it's a really cool website for anyone to check it out. We are alive.ca is like, Oh, you checked our website. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I have to oh. do my research. <laughs> um, it's not there yet, but. Oh, it's not it. Is that the wrong site? I'm sorry. No, it is the right site, but we're oh, okay. like revamping it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be better soon. Okay. From what I saw, it was pretty good. So oh, yeah? oh. the video that is on the main page is pretty impressive. So give kudos to whoever produced that clip. Yeah, it's my husband. Wow. Kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Married a good man. Yeah, he's really <laughs> good. Good eye, good eye <laughs> for a talent. Um, actually, yeah, how did you guys come up with Alive uh, as the name of that church? Yeah, so I think we wanted to have a name before even we had the idea of going independent. So mm-hmm. we were always just like the English ministry of Montreal Korean United Church. And then I think just at one point we we're like, but we have our identity and I feel like we need a name that represents us. That's more than English ministry. So we kept on searching for a name for months and months and um, we couldn't come up with the right name. And then I think we were just hanging out or having a meeting among the core leaders at one point. And um, I think it might have been my husband. He was part of the core leadership back then. And then he said, oh, how about Alive? And then I remember just everyone being like, that's it. And then we just stuck with it till then. Um, And it's also based on Ephesians 2. Um, It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So, yeah, that's the story. That's fantastic. That's like the light bulb aha moment that yeah. everybody always wants. And, you know, I love it that it kind of almost came easy, you mm-hmm. know, especially for your husband. And, um, oh, yeah, very fortunate that you have uh, met him, uh, married him now. Like, So did you meet him at the church or was how did that? I kind of want to start really quick before going on. How did you meet your husband? 
So my husband, uh, we met at church, and he was the um, worship leader and worship team leader when I started out in the worship team. Um, and then we're six years apart. So when I first started, I was like, what, like 15? So I was like way too young. Like I was best <laughs> friends with his sister, and he always saw me as like, you know, my sister's friend. Yeah. And then just one day we we're like, hmm, we kind of like each other. And then we we dated seven years before getting married last year. Wow. Okay. So that was a a, a long relationship. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I know some people may think, oh, that's so long. Or, you know, there's the opposite that people be, obviously you're younger, but some people meet and like, oh, they just know. And then the relationship's a lot less, but that's amazing. Well, I'm glad. And I'm really excited because everything you've said so far, obviously your story is amazing, but hearing your husband, again, more and more I'm hearing about your your union, I feel like, okay, in the next coming time, it's going to be a powerful couple, be oh. it music or church leading and the talents that he has and the talent you have. So uh, again, I'm very thankful and I'm looking forward to the future of what is in store for you guys and this church. And, you know, you made that decision to become independent, um, mm-hmm. to break away from the Korean congregation. You know, you made your decision. You obviously went through your, you know, hurdles to get there, but in the time so far, what's been, do you think, the biggest challenge for your congregation? Um, I think maybe now is the biggest challenge, the fact that we're not able to like meet together because we're, mm. we're a small church. We're maybe 30, 40 every Sunday. And, you know, the thing that, that, the thing that I like about our church is that we get to be like a family every time I come on Sunday, like everybody knows everybody and, you know, we're like family. And the fact that we um, are not able to gather and have that time is a bit challenging. But it's really crazy because ever since we started our online service, um, like we had to, how do you say, we had to shift our offering to like online giving because before it was all cash and then now that we shifted to online giving people started giving like so generously and i don't know we we you know as core leaders we kind of see the reports of what the offering looks like and every week we're like blown away by the generosity of our people and um i think it's really making us grow as a church even though it's challenging it's forcing us to you know, it's a bit harder to show up and be present when it's an online service, but people do show up and they worship and we pray together. And it's it's really encouraging to see people just coming together even more in a challenging time like this. So, yeah. That's great. And I think, you know, for those that can give really, um, you know, for me, I'm fortunate to still be working and have the resources to you know, keep my family together and healthy and safe. And, you know, and I think to have that mentality of also knowing that we still need to support, you know, um, our church and the people around us. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really encouraging because yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, we do have online payment even before this COVID-19 situation. But the fact that even for your church and even my church, and I'm hoping many churches around the world have seen it increase because we can give, we can, and we should give because, you know, that's, it should be on us knowing that we were blessed. So we in turn then need to bless others. And mm-hmm. I think that's great to hear that your church is growing in that sense. And that means the future looks really bright. And I'm very encouraged for that. And, you know, as you mentioned that your church is a family-like, and I think that's what makes our churches very similar, that for Catalyst, we do have this family mentality that we look out for one another, we mm-hmm. support one another, you know, no matter yeah. what, even if it's like, I've met you for a month or 10 years, you're still close because of the bond and just the really relationship mm-hmm. uh, that we have. And I'm hoping when this is all said and done and clear, we can go freely as we can. Um, outside of that family atmosphere, if someone were to visit the church, say, you know, what else would they see that makes a live church like so special to you? Um, we love worship. I think because we don't have a pastor now, we have um, like guest speakers coming in, right? And every guest speaker who comes to our service, every time they're like, they're so impressed that the congregation sings louder than the worship team. <laughs> Obviously, because 
we're two people now, but regardless, um, our congregation is very p- passionate when it comes to worship. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. And I think that's partly, you got to give yourself a little credit. You know, God, I don't want to make you seem modest, but <laughs> I think that helps your influence and your genuine uh, desire to worship definitely translates that to the congregation. I hope so. Very thankful. And I want to be part of that. Actually, maybe, yeah, maybe this one Sunday, I'm going to get the link from Pastor Sam and join you guys. Yeah. 2 p.m. Eastern, correct? Or in my Mm -hmm. 2 p.m. Eastern, my time, right? Which I'm thankful that Montreal is the same time zone. (laughs) We are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as of this recording, you did mention that you are still in the search for a full-time pastor. Um, Obviously, you know, the transition is hard. You know, you sometimes it goes one or the other way, like you church plant and sometimes you have the pastor in place to start the plant Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't, you know, so I'm kind of, what's that been like and what's the transition or, you know, are you able to give an update about potential candidates or is that even more challenging now? So because of this pandemic you're dealing with. Yeah, for sure. I, we don't have any candidates for now. We're just praying for the right pastor to come and, We've been without a pastor, I want to say, for like five years. I don't know. It's It's been pretty long. Um, and yeah, it's. I think we're just being patient because, you know, sometimes like the good things, you have to wait for it to come. So maybe God wants us to send us a really good pastor. <laughs> so he's, um, you know making making us wait and be patient until he sends us someone so yeah maybe yeah that's a good mm-hmm. point you know someone who's really ready to step in because maybe it's i feel like it's a hand in hand like as your church continues to grow and as your leadership continues to grow you'll find someone that'll kind of almost plug in automatically or immediately yeah we're know? paying for that yeah it, it's never easy you know you plug someone in yeah um especially from a leadership perspective mm-hmm. um that you don't want it. Not saying that they'd ever, you know, deter or detour the the plan, but you know, you really hope that it's just a smooth transition. You yeah. know, and I will pray for that because, yeah. you know, you guys need a leader to shepherd you through this time. You know, and it's a challenge for the leadership right now that you guys have, and for you. So, mm-hmm. um, I will pray for an awesome pastor to join a live church in Canada, and then again to help you guys grow because it's exciting. You know, our churches are partnered, um, and I'm blessed to know fellow brothers and sisters, be it across the border. But again, there's no limit in that sense, just because you are several hundred miles away. Um, that shouldn't stop us from really growing and sharing. So thank you for that, Lucy. I appreciate it. Yeah. And you know what? Like, you know, when Pastor Sam first came to um, our retreat, um, we didn't have a pastor back then either. And mm-hmm. then I think the core leaders, like me and the four other core leaders, were always kind of like, you know, unsure or like, I guess we have a little bit of insecurity because we don't have a pastor. And Pastor Sam was always encouraging us. You guys are doing an amazing job and (laughs) no pastor is better than bad pastor. (laughs) He said he saw so many churches being ruined when they were doing so well and then not the right pastor comes and then, you know, it, it just doesn't work. So he he he's been really encouraging encouraging us to wait for the right one not just cuz we've had interviews and candidates before and it just didn't work out and he keeps encouraging us that you know wait for the right one hmm. yeah he always knows about or tells reminds us the lord's timing is perfect and mm-hmm. i think he really holds on to that. And no, I'm thankful again, the fact that we were able to connect this way and yeah, to have Pastor Sam for us, I'm very grateful. And for him to be able to step out and even help you guys out yeah. um, is tremendous. And, you know, I'm, 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 again, I'm hoping this keeps on going as far as long, even, even after, obviously mm-hmm. you find a full-time pastor that the relationship will continue to grow. For sure. Um, you know, and the growth is about the Christian walk. The Christian walk is a journey which has its high points and low points, Lucy. And obviously it's not easy sometimes. And obviously right now this world is going through chaos. You know, there's a virus, there are civil unrest. There's a lot of lows that people may feel that they can't really get out of. But I'm wondering for you, Lucy, was there another point in your Christian journey? Did you just hit a breaking point 
and kind of just really cried out to our Lord and said, Lord, just show me how am I supposed to overcome um, what I'm facing now? Yeah, actually, it has a lot to do with um, our church. So I think two years ago, like 2018, um, I remember hitting a really low point, like spiritually and especially um, at church, because we've been without a pastor for so long. I just felt lost. And um, yeah, I just felt like I hit a wall. And I didn't know where we were heading as a church. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to stay in this church or I wasn't sure if a life church was supposed to continue existing, like all that. And I think I told you before already, like in the beginning, but I love church ever since I was a kid. Like I wanted my mom to take me to like all the church meetings. Like I wanted to, I was in, I was a part of like the kids praise team and like, you know, everything that the church had, like I wanted to be there. So this was like the first time that I felt so low. Um, and, you know, even on Sundays, even on days that I was leading worship, I was like, man, I wish I didn't have to go to church today. So that was where I was um, towards the end of 2018. And then I remember just asking God, like, show me something. Like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to move until you speak to me. So I was in that waiting period. And I remember in one of the Friday worship nights, I was at church. And I wasn't leading worship. I was just in the congregation. And I remember um, Holy Spirit just reminding me of the story of Emmaus, like the two disciples walking with Jesus. And how... Like Jesus has been walking with us, walking with me and a live church all this long. And like the two people, like I just haven't realized it. And um, God just told me, I've been with you all along and I'm still with you. And I remember just like breaking down and I'm like, this is so real. And this is what I needed to hear. So I think that moment I was just like, okay, I'm going to stay here. I don't care like where we're going, when we're going to get a pastor. If God is here, if God is doing something here, I'm going to stay here. And it's crazy because I think around the same time, like within the couple of months period, because we didn't really say it to each other, but all the core leaders were kind of going through the same thing where they were having we were all having really hard time and we were just not sure where God was taking us. And God just started speaking to each one of us individually about this church and about how we're supposed to stay in this church. And I think at one meeting where um, one of our one of the elders at the Korean church, he's like a father to us. He and he oversees like all the all the departments. And he called a meeting and he said, I want to know where you guys are at. And he was being like really honest, like, tell me if you guys want to leave because I want to know. And we just all started sharing. I started sharing about like my, um, what happened to me. And then the other leaders started sharing what happened to them. And then we all realized how like God's been working in each one of us and how God's been changing our hearts so that we stay in this church. And we we're like, I don't know. It just happened. God just did it. And this is God. <laughs> and yeah, ever since then, we we're just on this journey together and it's it's amazing. Amen. Uh thank you. That is really inspiring and encouraging because um I love the fact that you and the core leaders kind of had something very similar in the sense of how the Lord wooed you. And mm -hmm. like I wanna know, like that Friday night, as you said, you're sitting in worship and you know, God is reminding you of how he's walked with you. Um, you know, obviously you were overcome with just tremendous passion and, and, and love you know and also what was the reaction like when you all shared the same story like to me it's like i would be almost dumbfounded yeah <laughs> you know especially when you obviously had no prior discussion about it or even i don't know maybe did you know that the others were kind of going through the same thing probably not so when you all said the same thing or a very similar idea of the lord is with us and this is our decision you know we're going with it like how did you guys react to that <laughs> 
I was just like really amazed and I was like this has to be God like God really loves this church and God really um, wants to do something here and I don't know for I and I think one thing that it created was a sense of unity I feel like before that because all the all of the leaders were kind of going through a hard time we were on a survival mode and we didn't have I guess the bandwidth to care for each other and um yeah like be united I think we were just on like I gotta get through like this week and then like the next week just like the service itself and then um yeah but then when we shared about you know what, what God's been doing and how our heart is set on staying at this church there was just like a spirit of unity that that came when we um during that meeting and I don't know it just made me feel like yeah we're in this together like we're gonna do this together and we're gonna get through this together yeah God knew which is amazing because um he needed to unify you guys because his plan was to keep the church <laughs> growing and together, mm-hmm. which is just um, really a sight to see. And I think that goes to now, you know, putting people together in this journey that we're in. You know, we all have somebody in our lives. We get to some place because of somebody else. God never really intended us to walk this world alone. You know, we have what I call a guiding light, you know. So I was wondering, Lucy, if you could highlight a person or it could be persons. It's fine. You know, feel free to give credit to as many people as you'd like. Um, but who was there for you in a sense of an encouragement or just provided a way to say, hey, let's do this together. I'm going to help you grow more and more and more. I'm going to say the core leaders of the church. There's four of us, me and three other people. And, you know, they're my anchors and especially during this pandemic, we're really learning to um, work together. And, you know, we're human. So there are times that we get hurt by each other, we misunderstand each other. But so far, it's been making us stronger as a team, like we were able to get past, you know, our pride, and we were able to become like vulnerable and honest with each other. And we know at the end that, you know, our heart is to really care for each other. So yeah, I'm really, really thankful to be in this with them. I've I've learned so much about, you know, just trusting and honoring and persevering through them. And your core team, how long have you guys been together? Oh gosh. Um because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so there's Cindy and Steph, um, they're married, and they've been core leaders way before I've joined the core leadership team. I don't know, maybe, I want to say maybe like 10 years for them. Wow. And then for me, it's been maybe five, six years. And then there's um, one other person, she's uh, called Alyssa. So she joined, I think, the last three years. Yeah, within the last three years. Well, you guys are doing great. And again, I'm encouraged and I'm hoping just for more and more and more um, growth and development and very excited to see what happens uh, for you guys at a live church. That's too. And you're listening to the Majestic Road podcast. I'm Walter Lim and joining me today is Lucy Jung from a live church in Montreal. She's an amazing sister in Christ, talented musician with a heart of worship. You know, we're having a really great discussion. You've been sharing how the Lord has impacted your life But now, but just as God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, it's now time for Burning Questions. Lucy, are you ready? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) These These are are scary. (laughs) No, it's meant to be fun. Don't worry about it. There's no wrong or right answer, or you can literally say no comment. It's fine. It's just, just trying to make things light for us because, you know, I think... That's the misconception sometimes of, you know, we can have fun. Let's have fun. Enjoy life. Let's see what we can do. All right. All right. First question. You've been around the world and you've mentioned 13 countries currently. And obviously travel's a little different now with everything going on. But say everything is kind of hopefully back to normal. Um, is there another country on the list that you'd like to visit? 
Um, so we were initially planning to go to Italy in September, but we canceled. Mm-hmm. But then I've been looking at uh, our pictures from our honeymoon in Japan, and I've been missing Japan a lot. Oh. So maybe we want to go back there. Okay, yeah, I've never been there, and that's amazing. I've I've heard good things, and um, maybe maybe you can. You know, I think um, the Asian countries are dealing with this a little better, so. You know, I'd say keep an eye on maybe you can go sooner than later. So hopefully I that'll hope happen. So. <laughs> yeah. And you are from Canada, living in Canada, but mm-hmm. you're also South Korean, Korean mm-hmm. and have some French in you as well. Yep. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering, you know, with those three uh, nationalities, if you could do like a three course meal, one from each country, what would you choose? Honestly. I live in Canada, but I don't really know any Canadian dish except like poutine. Because <laughs> people, I don't know, people eat everything here. And I don't think there's like a distinct, I don't know, maybe something with maple, maple syrup. <laughs> maybe poutine <laughs> with maple syrup. <laughs> Do you guys have pan- yeah, pancakes, right? I guess that. Yeah. Or, yeah okay. There you go. Pancakes with maple syrup. Okay. That's Canada. How about oh, France? Well, oh, actually, no? there's uh, one called, uh, there's a dessert called Beaver's Tail. Oh. Beaver Tail. Um, Pastor Sam had it when he came down here and he loved it. It's like a fried dough with, you know, whatever toppings you choose. So that could okay. be a really good dessert. Okay. That's Canadian dessert, Beaver's mm-hmm. Tail. Okay. How about something from France? Um, I'm going to say crepes. It's another dessert. Or <laughs> oh, that could be an appetizer, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love crepes. You have a sweet tooth, maybe. <laughs> okay, crepes. <laughs> and then what, South Korea? What's sweet in South Korea? <laughs> um, I have to say maybe kimchi fried rice or tteokbokki. Yeah. yeah, any of those two. How is the uh, Korean food selection in Montreal? Um... There are a few, but I think it can't beat New York. Like I, I really want to try the Korean food in New York. Every time That's why you gotta visit. Yeah, Pastor <laughs> Sam's like, you guys are missing out, and we're like, okay. Definitely. All right. So next time you can, I'll make sure we take you to a good Korean restaurant here. Oh, that'd be nice. Yes, and eat as much as you can. So we'll definitely try. <laughs> Do it, make it make it a long trip so we can space out our time. <laughs> or we can have five meals a day. There you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Not a problem. Um, And you mentioned food and poutine. So I'm kind of, you know, I've had it when I went to visit um, Montreal when I was a lot younger, many years ago. And obviously it's probably changed or been different. But what is the craze? What's the attraction to liking poutine so much? It's just comforting. It's just like the perfect junk food. Like... (laughs) I don't know where you have poutine, but I have my poutine at Costco because oh. to me, that's like my comfort food and my comfort like place. It's just like fries and cheese and gravy sauce that all melts together. And you feel like it, so unhealthy after. That's fine. I mean, is poutine <laughs> kind of like, like in Costco for us, it's the typical pizza hot dog. Is that the same? Could you not saying put on the same level, but is that the idea of like poutine is just an everyday food that you know, yeah. Canadians enjoy. Okay. And you could have it different ways, right? Or is it just, yeah, there's no set? Yeah, like a bunch of toppings. I think a lot of people have it after like the night out. Like there, there's this mm. place that's open like 24 seven. Mm. So the young people, they have it as like a fix after a night out or like a hangover food. All right. Well, if I do ever visit, <laughs> uh, that's the first thing. I'll even go to the Costco one because I love Costco. So, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I'll go um, with you. Oh, definitely. Please. I'll need a tour guide. <laughs> um, and obviously living in Montreal, French is spoken there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, since you are my first guest, obviously with that uh, ability to speak, could you, I was hoping maybe just to hear a very simple Bible verse spoken in French, be it, you know, like Psalm 23 or John three sixteen. I just, I'd love to hear it because I think obviously it's the Bible. And the word speaks true no matter what language it's spoken. So I don't know if there's a verse maybe you can just recite for us. Yeah, I actually Googled Psalm 23 
first one because I don't want to like do a floppy translation. <laughs> not make sense. <laughs> so yeah, here it goes. L'éternel est mon berger, je ne manquerai de rien. Wow. How often do you use, um, obviously, your church is English speaking, mm-hmm. but in your, I guess, daily life, speak French? Yeah, I speak French at work. Most of my coworkers are more French speaking than English speaking. So we, we do a bit of both. Like I, I have meetings in English and then I switch to French and then, yep. On do, a you daily ever, basis. do you ever combine the three languages in once? Maybe starting yes. with Korean French? <laughs> yes, because my <laughs> Korean friends who grew up here with me, we all speak three languages <laughs> and we sound crazy. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's great. Does your husband speak French as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you definitely found the right mate. Okay. And speaking of your husband and your marriage recently, which I congratulate you guys and really hope for just exciting times ahead. Um, And I know you said you're journaling and you play music, but if you could kind of write a song for your marriage, uh, how would you, or what would the title of that song be? This is a really hard question. So (laughs) I was trying to think about it. And I think it would have like the word silly in it, like silly us or I don't know, silly people. <laughs> I don't know, because we're just so silly together. And I, I think that's what makes it fun. And I kind of wanted to like stay that way. It's only been a year, but I think I want us to stay silly until, I don't know, we become old because it just makes life a lot more fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I think silliness is kind of very, to me, synonymous to joy. Because it's this mm-hmm. release of, you know, excitement. And I think if you can really be silly and have fun with it, you know, I th- there's just so much enjoyment. And I think laughter is obviously, um, they say, you know, laughter is the best medicine sometimes. And, you know, just to really bring a smile to someone's face. So, yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. I think uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And I do hope for more <laughs> silliness, I guess, <laughs> as your love grows. And um, that's exciting. So, all right. Thank you. That wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> no, I, I just hope people don't judge me for a weird song title. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Maybe, maybe say it in French. How do you say silly in French? Um, silly in French. Gosh. Uh, this is like a Canadian French, not okay. like French French. But right. We say like Nizer. 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 Okay. Yeah. Maybe if you just label the song that, they'll just think, "Oh, that's a cool word," and no one will. Know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, and Lucy, as you continue now your journey with the Lord, you know, going through worship and you know, living life with your husband and you know, dealing with things that are going on. Um, what is next for you? Or is there something the Lord possibly stirring in your heart right now? Um, I think I'm just really grateful to be able to serve at a, such an amazing church. And I want to keep doing that. I want to keep serving at a live church and just be an encouragement um, to whoever comes to our church and I think in terms of career like I, I just have a normal like nine to five office job right now and I I've been asking God about like God is this where I'm supposed to be is this what I'm supposed to be doing and recently I was reading uh, second Corinthians and there was these verses that really spoke to me so it says Uh, We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. And I don't know, it just gave me so much peace about where I am right now. Like, I'm not, I don't know, like the, the CEO of a company or whatever. But as long as I carry the message around wherever I am, even though it's an ordinary life, an adorned clay pot, like if that brings glory to God, then, you know, I'm happy with that. So yeah, that's where I am right now. Oh, wow. That's a great visual. So um, I'm encouraged. And again, I hope 
whatever becomes of that, you know, mm-hmm. development and, and, and I guess molding of the pot will really flourish. So thank you for that. And, you know, Lucy, before we say goodbye as a parting gift, you know, to our listeners and especially in our current times, you know, there's so much going on and it breaks my heart sometimes to know that people are, you know, suffering or just dealing with this at, you know, obviously different situations. Um, So I was wondering, is there some kind of word of encouragement or something you'd like to leave the audience um, as we say goodbye to encourage them by? Yeah, I wanted to read um, like the passage from 2 Corinthians. Um, I wanted to read the rest of the the passage because it's really good and I feel like it's so relevant to what we're going through now. So it's 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 7 to 12 in message version. It says, we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, and we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, uh, what they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. Amen. He lives. I love it. That's the translation there was spot on. And I agree with you. Thank you for sharing that and reminding us of the power of the Bible and how it's so relevant today as it was many, many, many years ago. Uh, Lucy, thank you so much. It was really, truly a pleasure um, Mm -hmm. talking to you today. Um, Thank you for sharing your journey with the Lord. Um, I was so encouraged. I hope everyone listening was, you know, if anyone out there looking for a church in Montreal, check it out. Their new and updated website coming soon. <laughs> Wearealive.ca. <laughs> it's still cool now. So if it's going to get better, then it's going to be awesome. Um, thank you so much. I wish you continued blessings uh, for your life and the church of Alive Church and your core leaders, the congregation and finding a new pastor. Oh, I'll be soon. And I'm really hoping for just blessed union for you and your husband, who, again, sounds like an awesome guy. So hopefully we can meet someday, <laughs> have Korean food in New York City, or I'll go to Montreal, have poutine, whatever it is, we have to do it because yes. this was fun. Um, so thankful and so encouraged. And I'm really excited that I'm going to spur others on with this and even myself. And I hope the same for you as you lead worship and really spur this generation of coming to know the Lord and really just giving him praise. So thank you, Lucy. Thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope that what we shared was inspiring and transformative for your life and will help you continue your personal walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to stay updated for future episodes. If you feel like a journey seems too tough, remember, God will put people in your lives to make that journey an amazing one. So be on the lookout. God's plan for you are always good. I'm Walter Lim. Take care and God bless.